Now, if God has such a wonderful plan for your life, why do so many things happen to you that don't seem fair? That's kind of a tough question. Solomon, he asked that question. And this question says, why isn't life fair? It can be asked in many, many different ways. Questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad people seem to prosper? Where is God when I hurt? When all these things seem unfair in life, then where is God? See, if God is loving, why doesn't God help us always? Please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you tonight. First, we want to look just simply at six examples of the reality of injustices. See, the reality of life is simply that life is unfair. That's a fact. And you need to accept it. So the Bible actually gives us six examples of the reality of this injustice to back up that point. Life is simply unfair. For example, number one in your notes, criminals go unpunished. Yeah, the Bible says that criminals actually go unpunished. Look at Ecclesiastes verse 8, verse 11, where Solomon's writing there, why do people commit crimes? Because crime is not punished quickly enough. It's kind of interesting that Solomon was complaining 3,000 years ago about what we are complaining about today. Courts are bogged down. Justice is so slow. Delayed justice is injustice. People say that crime doesn't pay, but who says crime doesn't pay? Even if you're caught, you can sell your story for a movie rights and make millions of dollars. Criminals, they go unpunished. Number two, in your notes, courts do not give you justice. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, verse 16. I notice that throughout the earth, justice is giving way to crime. Solomon says, even the police courts are corrupt. How relevant can you get? Commentator on Rodney King verdict could have written that one himself. Solomon is saying that if there is any place that there should be justice, it ought to be in the courts. The verdict today is often not a matter of whether you're guilty or innocent, but do you have enough dollars to buy attorneys who can get you off on a technicality and you can go out and do it again? So courts do not give you justice. Number three, and you know, Solomon also says, the oppressed are unhelped. Nobody is speaking up for the oppressed. Look at Ecclesiastes 4, verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Then I looked again at all the injustice that goes on in this world. And Solomon says, the oppressed were crying out. No one would help them. Their oppressors had power on their side. History is simply a record of that proves human tends to persecute each other. It's our basic nature to oppress each other. Throughout history, rich they oppress the poor. The powerful oppress the powerless. One race oppresses another race. White oppresses black. Men have oppressed women. So Solomon is just saying, all around you, you see oppression. Today it hasn't changed. The Kurds in Iraq, Armenians in Azerbaijan, 
the Cambodians and the killing fields, the blacks in South Africa. It goes on and on. People oppress each other. It doesn't seem fair. Nobody speaks up for them. In this last year alone, nearly one million Christians were martyred in the world, most of them in China, in the Near East, and in Africa, among the Muslims. The oppressed are unhelped. Number four in your notes, politicians are unethical, Solomon says. Do we need to say any more about that? The influence peddling, scams, cover-ups, pork barreling. Solomon is just saying that wherever you find people in authority over others, you can usually expect to find some injustices. So Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 10, verse 5 and 6, Here is an injustice I have seen, Solomon said, an injustice caused by rulers. Stupid people are given positions of authority, while wise men are ignored. Organizations like Promise Keepers, they rally to encourage men to pray for God's healing on a nation, for the guidance of Jesus in the hearts of men everywhere, so that they can lead their families and our nation with Christian values. So Solomon is just saying that politicians are unethical. Number five in your notes, good people are unrewarded. That means the wrong people are prospering. Good people are unrewarded. Dishonest people are the ones that seem to be getting ahead. Does that ever bother you? It appears that the wicked are better off. It appears that they're having more fun. It appears that the way to get ahead in business is to be unscrupulous and have no integrity. So Solomon is just writing. That bothers him. It's unfair. Look at Ecclesiastes 7, verse 15. Some of the good die young. Some of the wicked, they live on and on. This is a biblical basis for that dirty old man story. We've all been at funerals where you say, why? He was such a good guy. Why her? She served her church so much. It doesn't seem fair. Criminals, they go unpunished. Courts do not give you justice. The oppressed are unhelped. Politicians are unethical. Good people are unrewarded. Number six, and you know Solomon goes on, capable people are unsuccessful. Capable people are not always successful. Solomon is saying that the good guy doesn't always win. Look at what he says in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. In this world, fast runners do not always win the races. Wise men do not always earn a living. Intelligent men do not always get rich. Capable men do not always rise to the highest positions. You work hard to earn a living, to pay the mortgage. Some drug smuggler are living in mansions that are paid off. That doesn't seem right. Intelligent people do not always get paid the most. They pay boxers more than they pay the President of the United States. Maybe like Will Rogers says, we should be thankful that we don't get all the government that we pay for. Dropouts from high school end up on getting millions on MTV. You have a bizarre lifestyle, they pay you big bucks. That doesn't make sense. It seems unfair. Capable men, and we had also capable women, do not always rise to high positions. Maybe you are capable, but because of the color of your skin or your gender or the boss likes somebody else, or he takes a bribe. You were the best qualified, but you did not get the promotion. That is unfair. So Solomon is just giving us a few of those examples. Life isn't fair. 
So why doesn't God do something about it? That's a good question. Glad you asked. The Bible gives you four reasons. Four reasons for allowing injustices. You and I need to understand each one of them. So number one, God allows injustices because in your notes, God gives us freedom to choose. See, God allows injustice because God has given us the freedom to choose. Look at Deuteronomy 11, verse 26. God says, I am giving you the choice between blessing and the curse. Circle that word choice. Because the Bible says that we were created in God's image, and you were made in God's image, and that means God gave you a choice, a free will. See, animals do not have a choice to accept God or to reject God, to obey God or to deny God, to do good or to do bad. But God wants you and me to do good because we choose to do good, not because we have to. So in your notes, with choices always comes consequences. With choice comes consequences for our actions. And you cannot say that you have a choice to do good unless you also have a choice to do bad. Now, the good news is that you have the freedom to choose. The bad news is there are negative consequences because we have often made bad decisions. Evil, evil consequences in the world are the result of evil choices. God could take away all of the injustice in a moment by simply taking away our freedom to choose. But take away your freedom. You're no longer created in the image of God. As individuals who have a free will, of whom God wants us. God actually wants us to choose to love him, to worship him, and to serve him. Number two on the back of your notes, God loves injustice because, secondly, you see, judgment day is still coming. Yeah, judgment day is still coming. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, verse 17. In due season, God will judge every, everything man does, both good and bad. Circle that phrase, in due season. Today is not the end of the story. The final chapters have not yet been written. You need to never forget that one day God is going to balance the books. God will one day settle the score. He will make repayment. He will even the odds. It's inevitable. And we need to remind ourselves that there will be a day of an accounting. And each one of us, you and me, will give an account of everything we did on this earth. God's going to settle the score. He's going to balance the books. I read of two guys who killed a person and confessed to it, but are going to get off on a technicality. That just doesn't seem fair. But you need to remember, Judgment Day is really still coming. Number three in your notes. God allows injustices, or God actually delays justice, for a period of time. Because God is showing us what? that we all need a Savior, a delay to show us our need for a Savior. Just look at Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20. It says there what? There are only a few people on earth who does what is right and never sin. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that at all. It says there's no one on earth, no one on earth who does what is right all the time, never makes a mistake. Do you know what that means? It means that we're all in trouble. We're all in the same boat. We have all been unkind. We've all been unfair to our wives, our husbands, our children, our parents, and neighbors. Do you really want to know why this world is unjust? 
Very simply, in your notes, the world is unjust because it's full of unjust people. Unjust people like you and me. And God is saying that injustice in this world just reveals our basic human nature. When injustice is going on in this world, you should not be so surprised. It just shows what man is really like on the inside. My human nature says that given the opportunity, I will think of me before I think of you. That we are naturally, by nature, born a self-centered people. So we all need a Savior. We need what God offers us through faith in Jesus. Look at Romans 3, verse 23. All have sinned, Paul writes, yet God declares us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ, who freely takes away our sin. See, that's the good news. If we trust in Jesus, God declares us not guilty. So God is delaying Judgment Day so that we will recognize our need for a Savior before Judgment Day comes. So in your notes, we do not need justice at all. We don't need justice for our sins. In your notes, we need a Savior because we're all in the same boat. None of us is perfect. If God gave us what we deserved right now, where would we be? But see, Jesus did not deserve to die on that cross. The Bible says that Jesus came, and Jesus took our penalty for our sin, the just for all the unjust. We who have no sin for us, he who had no sin became the sinner for us so that we might be brought to God. Jesus paid the price for you and for me. We have a Savior. It's Jesus. Through his suffering and his death, we are spared the justice that we deserve. So number four in your notes, the fourth reason that God allows injustice is because pain can develop character. We have talked about how pain develops character before. Look at Romans 5, verse 3 and 4. Suffering, it produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. You always learn more from pain than you do from success. It is in the tough times that you can develop and grow your character, not in the easy times. So God is interested in molding you, and he's making you his special child. He's making you an instrument to serve his divine purpose, and he does it through pain. In Time magazine, Bill McCartney talks about football, the game of his life. First he had to struggle, he said, through some miserable losing seasons. And the criticism he favored, that he favored Christian players over the less devout teammates. His own family life also suffered as his only daughter became an out-of-wedlock mother to a ch- of a child to a notorious campus playboy. His wife drifted into depression as her children grew up. At that time in his life, he began that ministry called Promise Keepers, He reinvested in his family. He made time for his fatherless grandson. His daughter now works for him in the office of Promise Keepers. He gave up all the lucrative football coaching career, not to work more with Promise Keepers, however, but to spend more time with his family and with his friends. See, pain can develop character. So we have looked at the reality of injustice, We've looked at four reasons for injustice. 
We want to look rather quickly at three biblical responses when life is unfair to you. Number one, when you are dealt a hand that is unfair and you did not deserve it in your notes, accept. Accept that life is unfair. You just need to accept it. Jesus said himself, look at John 16, verse 33. Please read it with me together, the words of Jesus out loud. In this world, you will have trouble. See, Jesus was pretty realistic. Human nature is the problem. And if you don't accept that life is unfair, that there is human sin, then you will go through life cynical, and you'll become bitter, and you'll become resentful, and you will become disillusioned. You will say, why? Why is this happening to me? So you need, first of all, accept life is unfair. Number two in your notes, the second response, do the right thing. Look at Isaiah 117, learn to do right. See that justice is done. Help those who are oppressed. What is God saying there through Isaiah? Even when the world is unfair, you maintain your own integrity. You do the right thing anyway. Do what you can to gain justice for others. Looking at Romans 12, verse 31, he says, Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So don't be resentful. Don't retaliate. Let God judge them. Let God settle the score. And then that leads us to the third response. In your notes from the Bible... Number three, wait for God's reward. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 17. Please read that verse with me together out loud. Our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, one day God is going to wipe away every tear. One day God will balance the books. So I accept that life is unfair and do the right thing and just wait. Wait for God's reward. In conclusion, you will receive these rewards from God by doing two things. Number one, admit your own injustices and also your need for a Savior. Your need for a Savior. That you need Jesus. God, I'm not perfect. I don't need justice. I just need Jesus who died for me. And secondly, number two, you let God be God. He settles the score. You stay out of it. Don't give evil for evil. You'd rather overcome evil with your good. So let God handle it. So remember the four reasons for injustice are simply God gave us a freedom of choice, but judgment day is still coming. God is showing all that we need a Savior. And pain, yes, pain develops character. Amen.